0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show.
1: Great to have you back to Real Presence Live. My next guest is Christopher Dodson. He is the director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. We're going to. We're going to visit with him about the fight against abortion and what's going on in our state area, what's going on uh, nationally. Uh, Christopher, good morning to you. Good morning. Great to, um, great to have you on. By the way, are you involved with the special session beginning, I think, next week, the 8th?
2: Uh, yes,
1: yes. On Monday, you're going to be, be back in town. That. I'll be back. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you have as a concern For this special session, as you represent the Bishops of North Dakota.
2: Uh, We're looking at some of the uses of the ARPA money. That's the uh, COVID relief money, which is not really COVID. It's just an economic stimulus type thing. Um, There's a few things in there we support, a few things we need to watch. Uh, One of them is to support uh, pregnancy centers. So it's directly related to the abortion issue. And um, and then there's a number of bills regarding vaccines and rules like that. We want to protect the autonomy of our institutions, our schools, the churches, so that they can make their own decisions. So we'll be watching
1: those as well. Uh, You taught me. Tell tell me what I'm going to say now. You (laughs) 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 tell me what I'm going to say, Christopher. (laughs) You're going to say that
2: I taught you that most of the things we're concerned about. Happen at the state and local level, <laughs> and not in Washington
1: D.C. The laws that affect you most are state laws. Yes, and when I when I was yeah. not when I was not that interested in a in a legislative session, well, I mean I, I was interested, but it was Christopher Dawson that said, "Father, remember the the you know this is why people should be concerned about or pay, pay attention to their state legislatures because the laws that affect you most." our state and local laws and i'll never forget that so so thank you hey um i have your article here from uh, september of this year um it's entitled love ends abortion um when i prepared for the show um at uh, 5 a.m uh with my uh chorizo onion omelet i read this article and it's it's very it's, it's a very good article. You, you have um, outlined what has been done in, in North Dakota legislatively. Uh, you've uh, indicated what, um, what can be done with parishes. I researched a little bit this walking with moms. Uh, program. We're going to talk about all of this until the bottom of the the next hour, all right? The the article is entitled Love Ends Abortion by Christopher Dodson. He's the executive director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. Christopher, why did you write this article?
2: Uh, Well, one, Respect Life Month was coming up, and so I thought we should focus on that, and everyone's talking about the Texas ban and the possibility of the Supreme Court making a major decision on abortion in the uh, Dobbs case, which is out of Mississippi. And uh, we need to think about, where are we going? Our goal is, what happens if Roe is overturned? Where do we go from there? And we need to start thinking about that now.
1: Is it as simple as the Supreme Court possibly saying, We don't know really. Uh, Let the states figure it out. It it will. It will in some way come back to the states. Is that is that what you're indicating?
2: It could, and I mean, there's good indication that there's enough support on the court to scale back Roe and Casey, um, or completely overturn them, and send some things back to the state and allow the states to do more or a lot. We don't know, but the, the tea leaves look good.
1: If this happens, um, you've indicated in your article that North Dakota is ready. Let, let's go through before the top of the hour here, uh, one by one, what, what, what North Dakota has done to get ready uh, should this happen. And the legislature does not need to reenact these laws. They would they're they're, they're in effect, uh, so to speak. If I maybe if I don't know if that's right or not, but just le- let that go. L- let's start with the um, the the the, the, the post twenty week ban. The North Dakota legislature has already passed a post twenty week ban. What is that?
2: Uh, that's a ban on abortions after twenty weeks. Um, that um, has not been challenged. Just uh, norm- go back to what the, what the Supreme Court rulings say now. Um, states can only um, restrict abortions pre-viability if they can meet this high test that it doesn't impose an undue burden on the woman's right to abortion. After viability... The states have more flexibility uh, to regulate abortion, although there are some requirements, such as a health exception, which can be pretty big. Uh, the viability is considered often around 24 weeks. So the 20-week ban was an attempt to um, say, courts, what about 20 weeks? The science is looking better. You know, Viability is an arbitrary standard. Uh, so the 20-week ban was passed. It wasn't challenged in North Dakota,
1: but it was challenged in other states and not at uh, it
2: still sits on the books.
1: Let's go to the next one. After the post-20-week ban, the North Dakota legislature has passed a ban on the most uh, used procedure, the second trimester abortion procedure. There's a ban on the second tri- trimester abortion procedure. Yeah, sometimes uh, that kind called of, the dismemberment ban, yeah. That kind of speaks for and itself, it, but but comment on that. Right.
2: Um, that one was passed a couple sessions ago. It uh, prohibits a specific procedure in which the child is dismembered um, in a gruesome way, all abortions are gruesome, but um, and uh, that one has a trigger on it. So it would go into effect when the courts would allow it to go into effect. So it, it hasn't gone into effect yet. It has a trigger built into the law.
1: Okay, do we want to talk about that? I don't know if I understand that. A trigger when it goes into effect? Instead,
2: instead, of, instead of going into effect immediately and going through a lawsuit in which the state would lose at that time and then be enjoined, it really doesn't go into effect until uh, the Supreme Court or somebody says, you can... Um, have a law like this, and then the attorney general would tell, say it's, it's a valid law; it could be enforced now.
1: That is why you write that that these uh, would become enforceable, that that these laws right. will become enforceable to the extent allowed by the courts. That's what you mean there, right? right. All right. So right. we got the we got the post twenty week ban. We got uh, a ban on the the most uh, used uh, procedure, the second trimester ban, a dismemberment ban. Uh, very graphic there. Uh, uh, and let's now move. Uh, North Dakota has 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 a ban uh, on post fetal heartbeat. What is that? Right.
2: Uh, that's the earliest ban that we have, and it would it. Um, says you can't have once there's detection of fetal heartbeat, which is about six to eight weeks after um, conception. So um, it was—it went into effect immediately, but was almost immediately enjoined, and we lost um, at the Eighth Circuit, and we lost in the District Court and the Eighth Circuit. No surprise. We were the first in the nation to pass a heartbeat ban. Several other states have done it, and it is now the subject. That everyone's talking about in the Texas ban, a Texas law. Although it's written differently in Texas, um, but another example: if the court said you could, you could now have a heartbeat ban. It would. What would happen is we would go to the attorney general and say, Your attorney general, go back to court and move to lift the injunction, so that the law can go back into effect. See when a court is when it. People think that often that when a law is struck down by the courts, it just goes away. It doesn't. What, what unconstitutional means is it's not enforceable, and there's an injunction against the state from enforcing it. But the law still sits there. So if the court changes its mind, you can go back to court and say, we want that injunction lifted. You were wrong. The Supreme Court says we can have this law. And that's how some of these would go back into effect
1: ah. and be enforceable. And finally, as you wrote in your article entitled Love Ends Abortion, we're talking about first what is being done legislatively. Um, You write that North Dakota has a complete ban if Roe is overturned.
2: Right. Um, It was passed some years ago. It's called the trigger ban, and it basically prohibits all abortions. There is a rape and incest exception in there, but we would deal with that at the time if we had to. And it says... It would, it would, the whole thing. Again, that has a trigger built in it says it would, when the courts allow it to go into effect.
1: Christopher Dodson is my guest. Uh, he um, is taking us through this. As you wrote, on average, there are about 1,200 abortions that are performed in North Dakota per year for the last 10 years. 1,200 times 10, do the dreadful math. Uh, the number is closer to 1,100 in the most recent years. And, and of those 1,100, 830 are North Dakota residents. So there are people crossing the border uh, for abortions in North Dakota um, h- hundreds of years. So we're, we're going to talk about that. We're, we're going to talk about um, how North, the North Dakota abortions are are decreasing. And then we're going to talk about what parishes can do, and I have a lot of questions uh, for for him coming up. So if you can stick with us past the top of the hour, Christopher, uh, you'll, you'll serve my show well. Does that sound good? Uh, i to do it. As we come up on 59 Minutes Past the Hour, my name is Monsignor Schumacher, and you're listening to Real Presence Live. These are very, very good times for the fight against abortion, and we're going to talk about it more as we come back after the break.
3: Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 4th. Today we celebrate St. Charles Borromeo. The born into the nobility in 1538, Charles Borromeo desired early on to devote himself to the church. As a bishop who lived during the time of the Protestant Reformation, he had had a hand in church reform during the final years of the Council of Trent. Following his important work at the council, Borromeo devoted himself to his responsibilities as Archbishop of Milan. Reform was needed in every phase of Catholic life among both clergy and laity. He insisted that if the people were called to a better life, the bishops and other clergy had to be the first to give good example. Archbishop Borromeo practiced what he preached, allotting most of his income to charity, denying himself all luxury, and performing many penances. During the plague and famine of 1576, he often fed 60 to 70,000 people daily. When civil authorities fled Milan at the height of the plague, he stayed. There he ministered to the sick and the dying, helping those in want. The heavy burdens of his office brought on Borromeo's early death in 1584 at age 46. He was canonized in 1610. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day.
0: Speak light. I am 30, 30 weeks old. My eyes have fully developed, and when it's light, I can focus on things really close to my face, like my fingers. I like to watch them flutter. Say, Mom, what was that yummy lunch yesterday? It tasted a little tangy, but I really liked it. It reminded me of a salad, but it wasn't lettuce. Did I hear you say coleslaw? Let's have it again today. (laughs) And for the rest of the week. That's made with carrots and cabbage, right? Mom, what a coincidence. Because this week, I'm almost three whole pounds and around the size of a head of cabbage All right, thanks for sticking with us. My name is Monsignor
1: Schumacher, and we are um, having a good show. All of our shows are um, online in perpetuity. Um, Karen, what's our, what's our website again? Real Presence dot com. dot com. It used to be Your Catholic dot com, mm. right? Yep. Nope. So you, you can listen to all, all the shows. Um, you may want to go back and listen to the last 15 minutes in my conversation with Christopher Dodson. We we, we spoke about how uh, North Dakota has passed uh, a post-20-week ban on abortion, the second trimester abortion procedure, uh, the post-fetal heartbeat uh, ban has been passed, and um, a complete ban if Roe is overturned. And I, I like visiting with, with him. It's... Um, he he makes many things um, um, understandable for us, and I have another thirty minutes of questions for him as we go through this continued uh, legal climate of of what we're going to do w- with with abortion. Before I, I digress right now, but uh, whose whose hearing was it, Christopher? Uh, that said, uh, was it Kavanaugh who said you know? The more and more we talk about abortion, the the more the more evidence there seems to be that this is um, possibly to be overturned or bad law. Or you know, how, how did that go? Do you know what I'm saying?
2: I don't recall that, but I understand this, the the idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I,
2: I, it's, it's it's those that say, well, this is settled law. That's right. And in response to those who say, this is settled law. That's right. And the precedent is set. This, look, the greatest indication that this is not settled law is that we're still debating it. Yes, yes.
1: And, know, it w- w- is,
2: w- and and people's views on abortion nationally have shifted somewhat, um, but they've been mostly steady. The, the idea in 1973 was that well, in in five years, everybody will accept abortion. Here we are, decades later, and a significant right percentage of the country still opposes abortion.
1: Right. So uh, so, so <laughs> or, or or was it Amy Coney Barrett who who's you know the, the 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 fact that this is all we're talking about maybe lends that this is not settled. And then she went through all the settled law, right? Like like I don't know segregated busing, you know, we're not talking about that anymore, right? We don't debate about slavery or, or you know, but, but, but the more we talk about it and because um, certain political factions are, are, are afraid because of, um, of course, the industry of, of Planned Parenthood. Anyway, I, I kind of digress on that. We went through the legislation, Christopher, um, and, and we shouldn't be, we, we should be careful about focusing all our attention on legislation because there, there's more to the pro-life movement than just legislation. I want to dig into this a little bit, but I do want to get back to legislation. But first, let me ask you, what is the ultimate goal in the pro-life movement?
2: To build a culture of life so that on the issue of abortion so that no woman would ever consider that she would have to um, have an abortion. Um, it, it, that's that's the tragedy. Is it's a societal thing that we've created where we pitted a woman against her unborn child and said this is the solution to your problems, this temporary problem. Um, we need to change the culture so that that's not even considered. She knows that there are better ways. Um and you can't change the culture only by law. Laws help, but you can't change it only by law. And I guess that's the issue we need to face is what if Roe was overturned today and we banned all abortions in North Dakota? That doesn't stop it. We know that doesn't stop things. Um you know, we, we still have you know, we still have child abuse, we still have abuse we still have robberies and burglaries there will be harms and evils done whether something is banned or not um but we need to be ready for them this is something that we can do we can be there for for women for children um especially in a state that's based on so much on community I think like North Dakota
1: We visited about the number of abortions in North Dakota. Uh, You wrote in your article, his article is entitled Love Ends Abortion by Christopher Dodson, September 2021. Love Ends Abortion. Uh, There are about 1,200 in North Dakota uh, per year in the last 10 years. 830 of these are North Dakota residents. Um, You indicated in your article that the number of North Dakota residents the number of North Dakota pregnant women getting abortions has been mostly, mostly steady, um, but yet there, there seems to be a trend uh, where it is decreasing. Tell us about these numbers it, and these trends.
2: Actually, it's, um, I'd say it's steadied in the last few years, but overall the trend is down. Um, here's the thing. When people look at abortion rates, the CDC or somebody puts out abortion rates, what they're looking at is the number of women per, uh, I mean, the number of abortions per women that are childbearing age. Well, that doesn't tell you anything. Um, And the the contraceptive people and pan-parenthood people say, well, if abortions go down, that's because we have more contraception. What you really want to know is the percentage of pregnancies that end in abortion, because pregnancy rates differ all the time. Pregnancy numbers go up, especially when the economy is good, and sometimes they go down. And so the question is, how many of those pregnant women um, felt compelled to have an abortion? And that's where we need to focus our efforts. Yeah, we can focus our efforts on preventing unwanted pregnancies, um, but the best... Measure for us as a society, as a community, as the state to determine how we're responding and helping women is to look at the percentage of pregnancies that ended abortion. To get those numbers is is some work, and that. But I, I do it and I focus on it, and that has overall gone down in North Dakota. It used to be well over twelve percent. It was down out around seven. Um, so it's trending downward.
1: And you you attribute that trend downward uh, to, to economic conditions that have changed. Uh, we have new alternatives to abortion uh, programs that lend to that, pregnancy adoption centers, um, yeah. that you, you attribute
2: we, Yeah, we know that the, the women the, the reasons women get abortions are complicated. We we know that. It can be because of family situations, economic situations, housing situations, their education. It's it's very complicated um, and the people who work on the front lines to help these women know that best of all. Um, So we have to try to look at some things that are correlated. Um, And we know that when the economy is good in North Dakota, like when the the oil boom happened, uh, more women Two slides. that's just that happened we also know that there's two big step downs in that percentage and one was when the state rolled out the alternatives to abortion program and then the second was when we beefed that program up and um we we just made it better put some advertising into it turned it over to a um, private agency to run and we saw another step down and so that's good um, I'm not saying it's the cause for everything, but I think it probably relates because we know women got help through that program, and when we're talking about hundreds, it's easier to correlate. You know what I mean? Instead of thousands and thousands, in a smaller state, you can look at some of those factors.
1: So, so you're you're confirming that the the number of of abortions in North Dakota has declined because of legislation and the better promulgation of that legislation.
2: What we know, we know this from other states too, is it's legislation and services. We know that. So even things like parental notification laws, um, waiting periods, those do correlate to um, fewer abortions. But also it's the important work that's done The adoption agencies, the type of stuff that people do every day, not in the halls of the Capitol.
1: Before we take a break, Christopher, on the other side of the break, I want to talk about the 14th Amendment and how this affects um, Supreme Court decisions with Roe. And, and, but first of all, th- let's stick with this topic here, the, the percentage of, um, of abortions in North Dakota. You have indicated that there is a corresponding drop in the number of minors getting abortions. Um, you write here, in short, our minor teens are getting pregnant less and having fewer abortions. Uh, why is that?
2: We don't know why exactly, but there is a, a, we, we have done an incredible job in North Dakota preventing teen pregnancies, especially with minors. You know, when I say teen, Minors, you got to remember 18 and 19 year olds are teens, but they're not minors. Um, it's dropped a lot in North Dakota. Um, other states roll out these big pro contraceptive programs and such, and they don't have those successes, but we have. Um, not, uh, can I do I have time to go on?
1: Um, do, I, do Let's take a break. We're coming up on, okay. uh, because I'll, I want to ask you, you my theory. And, I, and, and I have yeah, a, theory I a theory for you, and I got a theory, okay. I have a theory you've never heard, as you said before we got on. We're coming up on 16 minutes past the hour. It's 15 exactly. We'll be back in just one moment.
0: Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
1: this is Mark Holcraft. And this is Dr. Joseph Holcraft. You know, Mark, Jesus asks 307 questions in sacred scripture. He has asked 183 of which he only answers three. What's the business with all of this questioning going on in the Bible? Well, Joe, there's a lot there and we'll be ready to take that on. Tune in to hear about these questions and more on Awaken every second and fourth Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central here on Real Presence Radio Network.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
1: Very good. Another AAA interview with Christopher Dodson. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. Thanks for coming back. We're talking about rates in North Dakota, then we're going to get to the 14th Amendment federally. Um, Christopher, uh, you had a thought before our break. We, uh, I introduced how minor teens are getting pregnant less, having fewer abortions. You've indicated how North Dakota has done an excellent job in reducing teenage pregnancies. Um, what are your theories on, on your thoughts there?
2: Well, my thought is my question that's always come to my mind is. We've had incredible success in this area, but we're not making any headway, really, with 20-year-olds. 20-year-olds um, out of wedlock pregnancy. We have a 20-year-old out of wedlock pregnancy problem and a corresponding um, abortion issue with unmarried women in their 20s. Um, so what happens between those teenage years where we're having success in that? My My theory is that we're doing a really good job, probably, on telling teens um, that you're too young to engage in sex you're too young to have a child um, what we're not telling them is how important marriage is if you're going to have a child how important marriage is and why you wait sex so when they get to a certain age like 19 years old and in their 20s we all know what we were like at that age you don't think yourself as young anymore um, uh, and so they are engaging in the activities um, because we didn't teach them about marriage. What we taught them was, wait till you're older. Well, now they think they're older. Now they're out of the home and they're in college and they think they're older. And that's where we have our problem. The typical abortion in North women who have abortion in North Dakota are in their 20s, they have some college education, and they're not married.
1: And, and, and they're not with conviction on the sacrament of matrimony or getting married. Well,
2: and, and probably because we had a teacher to when they were young, is my thinking.
1: Christopher Dodson is my guest. Love Ends Abortion, is his article, September 2021. Christopher, uh, that's uh, before I get to the 14th Amendment, you indicated that North Dakota has 235 Catholic parishes. You talked about how, how this is a, a fertile ground for, um, for eliminating abortion uh, without legislation in North Dakota with the, the Walking with Moms program. Um, tell me about that.
2: Well, it's, it's a, um, the Walking with Moms program is from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, and it emphasizes that we need to be there for these moms. This is not just about legislation, as we've talked about. We need to be there as parishes for these moms, whether they're Catholic or not. Um and the number of parishes I mentioned is just a thought experiment you know, obviously parishes have different sizes and so on but just think about it if we were all to adopt in some way or do something just to reach parish, then we're going to reach out to at least three women so they've changed so they would never consider abortion they would know we'd be here for them That would change things. Uh, And that's what we have to do with or without road being overturned. At the same time, I'm I'm going to talk about public policy. It's a community thing, but also we need to put efforts into public policy. The fact is that there are things we can do in the system um, that deal with housing, that deal with abortion alternatives, adoption. Um, Health care for newborns and the unborn, um, expanding Medicaid for, for pregnant women, things like that. Uh, those make a difference. And so, once again, we're going to be dealing with legislation, but in a, in a different way, a pro life affirming, pro woman way, and in our community, reaching out um, and, and helping women in need, walking with moms.
1: Christopher let's end where we began uh, with your article indicating that there's renewed uh, political uh, 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 recent legal and political developments have renewed attention that the, the the two Supreme Court opinions that most shape abortion law Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood could be scaled back or overturned and then uh, states would have to react to restrict or even ban abortion um, my dad, who does research for me, gave me this article from the Wall Street Journal October 31st of this year about the 14th Amendment, how the 14th Amendment has actually been the amendment that reshapes America, how, how the legal arguments on both sides of the abortion issue, it says, are ultimately about the 14th Amendment. Some people think, you know, what is the most important amendment? Is it, is it the first, the guarantee of speech, freedom of assembly, etc.? Is it the second, gun rights? A- and the 14th isn't even in the Bill of Rights. It was ratified in 1868. And my understanding in this article, and you know more about this than anyone Um, The 14th Amendment basically gave Congress and the Supreme Court the power to protect individual citizens and persons from having their fundamental rights violated by their own state governments, which kind of runs counter to the Constitution's original federal structure. Tell us why we should pay a little more attention to the 14th Amendment in this time of... um, Recent legal and political developments, with this renewed attention to Supreme Court issues on abortion.
2: Well, let's let's go back to the thing you said that you reminded me about at the very beginning of this interview. um, That you said I'd taught you that the laws that affect you most are state laws and local laws. Okay, and the protections that we need and expect from abuse of those laws comes through the Fourteenth Amendment. In other words, we think of the Bill of Rights, as you mentioned, as apply, they apply to the federal government. But what happens if the state government interferes with your right to religious freedom, your uh, right to property, your right um, to free speech? That's where the 14th Amendment comes in and says, states, you can't do that. And then the Bill of Rights, most of the Bill of Rights are incorporated and applied to the states by the 14th Amendment. What happened was um, it was they used this right in there of liberty or some privacy thing, and Roe and Liberty and Casey, to say, well, there's a right to an abortion. That was an, an abuse of both the 14th Amendment and the um, Bill of Rights. And and the Constitution. So the 14th Amendment is good. The problem was Roe and Casey was an abuse of that. And it shouldn't be a surprise because it was um, a train wreck from the beginning. As Sandra O'Connor said, Roe was um, on a collision course with itself from the very beginning. It just did not make
1: sense legally. It's built on sand. Because of the abuse of the and, 14th Amendment. Right,
2: and they tried to kind of fix it up a bit, and Casey, and even then, the late Justice Ginsburg, who was a big fan of abortion rights, thought that Roe and Casey were not built on the correct foundations in her mind. She
1: would have chosen a
2: different way to build it.
1: So, So all of this is going to come into play now in the next few weeks, right?
2: Well, the Dobbs case will be heard on December 1st. Now, the Dobbs case is the case from Mississippi. That is the case to watch, not the Texas case so much. The, um, the Dobbs case, the fundamental question that the court has said they want the briefing on is the viability standard that we talked about. And so that will be at issue. And there could be enough to say, well, the viability standard should be changed or it should be thrown out or enough to say the whole thing should be thrown out. Roe and Casey were plainly wrongly or decided and not rooted in the Constitution. We'll have to see. We'll probably know in June.
1: So it's the Dobbs case on December 1st that we should pay attention to.
2: Correct. Um, for those in the Bismarck Diocese who haven't seen it, Uh, The New Earth, which is the publication of the Fargo Diocese, has a discussion about these cases, and I highly recommend finding that online at the Fargo Diocese website.
1: You concluded your article uh, as we wrap things up here, and I wish I could give a credit for this um, interview. Uh, People have learned a lot. Um, You write, There exists some hope that the courts may soon allow us to prohibit an end, uh, to prohibit the evil of abortion. That is good news. We must not, however, focus all our energy and attention on the courts and legislation. You write, abortion is ultimately ended not by laws alone, but through love, which is um, the title of your article, Love Ends Abortion. Uh, Give us a reflection on that as we wrap things up, Christopher. You've already touched on it, but... It is beautiful.
2: I think, let put somebody in my case that works for laws and legislation all the time and public policy. Uh, let's say I work to get a bill passed that's a pro-life bill. That's not going to, that is not going to change things as much as helping a woman in need, a family member who's facing an unexpected pregnancy affirming an adoption and the family and the neighbors. Um, making sure that even people you barely know, your, your teenage kids, um, friends that might be pregnant, give them love. Give them love. Because that's what life is. He's the author of life and the author of love, Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to show. And that will change the world. Because in the end, we want to change the culture so that if Roe is overturned, it's on the back back page of the newspaper because we've already created, it's not even that important anymore because we've already created a culture of life.
1: Christopher Dodson, thanks for coming on my show, and thanks for um, the last 45 minutes. I wish you all thanks the best in us. your work. Uh, if you want to have lunch when you're back for the um, special session here in Bismarck, give me a shout. All right. And uh, I want you to remember one thing, everybody. The laws that affect you most are your state and local laws. So become involved. And we've spoken a lot about that, Christopher. Thanks for helping us understand it. Thanks for having me on. All the best. Blessings in your continued work. But there you have it. We've discussed the North Dakota legislation that's in place. We've discussed the Fourteenth Amendment. We've discussed his article, love and abortion. We're going to take a break as we come up on thirty minutes, thirty-one minutes past the hour. No matter what time zone you're on, we'll be back in just one moment.
0: This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.